0: Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Jesus, we thank you again that you love us. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness to us, for your grace, for your mercy, your presence. We thank you for the hope that you have and for those that are discouraged, for those that are depressed, disappointed. Oh God, let them just reach out to you, call on your name and find you so close and find you waiting and longing to answer our prayers and to lift us up and to build us up as the church, as your body. Father, we just pray for those struggling and dealing with health concerns or looking at prognosis and diagnosis that are nerve-wracking that are scary that make us fearful let us trust in you and not just as savior but as lord as king of our lives as the one that we submit to and follow and jesus we just thank you because you are so good we love you jesus and we thank you for this time that we can encourage one another by the truth of your word, by your very presence that is with us and in us. And for those that do not yet know you, may they just call on your name. May Christians be an encouragement to them. May we not judge, but may we show your love and allow your spirit to bring healing and freedom to each life. So Jesus, we say we love you, we thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So amen. And we're so grateful to, uh, to share God's Word and God's truth with you today. The setup is a little bit different today. The um, lighting is probably pretty poor in my hair. Well, I'm getting a haircut in two weeks, so uh, don't concern yourself with that, uh, the, least, the least bit. But as we continue in Colossians, Colossians 3, Colossians 3 has the title, Rules for Holy Living. In some translations, others say living the new life he is your life. Put on the new self. This is Colossians 3. This is the practicality of what Paul is trying to write to this church, to this congregation, to these people, that they would not just know that Jesus was the Son of God, that Jesus was crucified, and now Jesus intercedes on our behalf at the right hand of God, seated with his enemies as a footstool, that Jesus is all-powerful, that God is all-knowing, that God loves us so much that We have the hope of heaven when we die, but also how to live effectively here on earth, knowing that God loves us, that he is with us, that he's concerned about us. We look at how we completed uh, last week's sermon with Colossians 3, 3 through 4 for you died to this life. You died to the old self. Your past is forgiven. It's covered by the blood, the sacrifice, the truth of Jesus. And because we've chosen to follow him by his grace through our faith, we choose to be hidden with him. He is our life. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Let us share in all of his glory. We preach this because As Paul says to, according to God's words, as it's inspired by God himself, we preach Christ crucified. We preach that Jesus, in all accounts at that time, failed, that he lost. Because we know what came after the crucifixion, this is First Corinthians one twenty-three. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. For those that just stop there, that do not look to the completion, that do not see the new life, but only see the past, only see the old life, this is foolishness. It's a stumbling block, and if all you see is your past, if all you know is what you've been known for by that lowest common denominator, by that sin that you committed, by the thing that hangs over your head, by that reputation in high school or college, by that one night stand, that difficult decision that you shouldn't have made, but you did it anyway. That is foolishness in a stumbling block. But we look to the new life. That God has given us. We believe in the Apostles Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. This is what we believe as followers of Jesus. We believe the third day Jesus rose again from the des- the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, He will come to judge the living. And the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the church universal, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Men. We believe that we are forgiven. We believe that our past is covered. We believe that God is for us. And because he is for us, we can know him and we can make him known. We know that God loves us and he helps us and he heals us. And he gives us great hope and peace that whatever adversity, whatever difficulty, whatever situation, we can know that we have eternal life. Not just when we die, we get to go to heaven. But as we live here on earth, we have Jesus. Jesus that loves us, that helps us, that knows us, that cares for us. Whatever we're going through, we have him. So we look, this is a new living translation, verse five, kind of curious coming out of verses three and four, when it talks about, we will share in all of Christ's glory when he is revealed. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. We've been reminded to put to death the things lurking within you. As a Wesleyan, as a Christian, as a human, we believe that sin is available for you to partake in. We understand that the Bible says that sin is fun for a season. It's fun in that time, in your confusion, in your delusion. You are thinking that you're having a great time. It is lurking Within you, and then we look at First John four eighteen, which we read last week. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So if you fear going back, if you fear the punishment, if you fear the conviction, then perhaps you have not received all that Jesus has for you. This is from 1 John, same book, John, um 2:15. Do not love this world nor the things it offers for when you love the world you do not have the love of the Father in you. We want his perfect love in us. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And the King James Version talks about the lust of the flesh, the cravings of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And Perhaps lust, we just associate with sexual things. And so in churches, sometimes we get nervous or embarrassed, but this is what we need to speak of because scripture talks about the lust that we are tempted by, that Satan uses. And we have to understand that we need to focus on Jesus, not these things. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. We need to go after who Jesus is, the love of the Father, not the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. We need to go after Jesus. Though these things are tempting us, though these things are around us, we need to go after Jesus. Do not be so heavenly-minded. You are not any earthly good. Do not be so heavenly minded. You are not so earthly good. Talking about the streets of gold and being with the saints in heaven. Let us know Jesus in such a way we can share his truth, his love, his hope, his healing with others that they might know his mercy, his forgiveness, and his healing in their own lives. So again, in verse 5 of Colossians 3, it says, So put to death the sinful earthly sins, uh, things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Do not be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. He said earlier that we are a new creation, we have a new self put on the new. Put to death, this is from the New International Version, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, your physical form. Paul, writing from prison to a people that were just thinking about heaven, not thinking about how it affected them on earth, had to remind them, put to death this earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Hebrews 12:14 we find these words without holiness no one will see the Lord without holiness no one will see the Lord make every effort to live in peace with everyone, and to be holy without holiness. No one will see the Lord without allowing God to come into our lives, to look at those uh, closets, to go to those different floors that He wants to renovate, that He wants to remove, that shame, that guilt, or that hidden sin, that simple pleasure that you think you deserve, that you've earned, that uh, gossip that just feels so good to get it out, that gluttony that it just feels so good to eat that extra snack, that addiction that it's only hidden. You think it only comes out for you. God is saying, no, I set you apart for something more. You are holy in my eyes, so live in that holy holiness. Let me come in and share with you the destruction it's causing so that you can know that I have holiness, I have perfection in god's eyes not that you are perfect and do everything right but hidden with jesus god sees us as perfect we're surrendering our sacrifice to god knowing that he is made perfect through us That is what we're speaking of. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. The anger, the wrath of God is coming, coming to those who are disobedient, coming to those who do not profess Jesus, coming to those who do not surrender. When God speaks to their voice, that wrath of God is coming to them. We go on in verse 7 where it says, You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world you used to. It was part of how you acted, part of how you engaged. But God wants us to be different. God's calling us to something more, to put on the new self, to renew our minds. And in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, we find these words, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Don't just kind of hold it. Don't just kind of keep it. Don't just hide it. Don't just say, well, I deserve the shame. I deserve this guilt. Know that you are forgiven. Know that God gives you freedom. Know that you have healing and help and hope and peace in him. Yes, this is the beauty of grace. This is the wonder of being a Christian. This is the amazement of knowing that God loves us so much that we don't have to build, be filled with shame, and that we don't have to work out our righteousness in that verse that says, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That is your identity as hidden as one of his chosen people. Work that out. Struggle with knowing that God loves us as his very own. It's kind of like honey. And this is where my dad loves honey. He goes through 60 pounds of honey a year, mostly in his tea in the morning my dad always worried he got a little nervous when we get honey out of the uh the glass jar because we might drip honey and as much as you uh use honey and it is sweet and it can be healthy and it is good there is a tendency where it is sticky it is messy it can get all over things and sometimes when we Using honey as a negative analogy. Sorry, Dad. Sometimes when we use honey or sin, it is sweet. We think it satisfies, but it makes a mess. If you do not have it appropriately used, you are going to make a mess. And God is saying that we do not have to make a mess, but we are hidden with him. Colossians 3. Colossians three, eight. But now, but now, not tomorrow, not that starts Monday. Now, well, maybe when the first week starts on a Monday, the first day of a of a calendar starts on a Monday, Atomic Habits, it talks about how people typically start the first of something, a new habit, something that they want to do, a new resolution. That's why January, the first, believes, beats. people believe it can begin with a new start. But now, don't wait for that perfect timing where you think the stars align. But right now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Remove those things. But now is the time. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked uh, deeds. You've stripped those off. That is no longer who you are but put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him this is colossians 3:10 put on your new nature your new self your new identity as one hidden with Christ in God as chosen by God as a royal priesthood as a holy nation as an ambassador as a conqueror Now, not like the crusades we conquer and take over people, but as people that have been conquered by the grace and the love of Jesus, changed by his truth that we can love others without subjection to thinking that we are better or That we see things as well, the world sees, and they don't have as much as we have, or we judge based on appearance. When God looks at the heart, may we look at their heart and know how He sees them. Put on your new nature. This is much different than the armor of God because the armor of God is put on the outside, this is put on the inside. And I know it's a little confusing and we aren't going to take time to look at the full armor of God today, but we have to understand that two go together. But this is from the inside. Let me try to share it this way from Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2 of Romans 12. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by changing how you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Change how you think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this life... This is verse 11 of Colossians. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. This is a new living translation. When it says he lives in all of us, he lives in all who call on his name, confess with their mouth, and believe in their heart. By his grace, through their faith in him, they've chosen to be followers of Jesus, whether Democrat or Republican, whether black or white, whether Asian, Egyptian, or Ghanan, whatever your ethnic heritage, whatever your political background, whatever you have said, how you are raised, your background, if you choose Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, then And you know that he loves you in this new life. It does not matter if you're a flatlander or if you're from the hills, if you're from a holler or if you're from the plains. It does not matter what you have done in the past. It does not matter what Satan throws up when shame or guilt, all that matters is that you've confessed your sins and that Christ is all and he lives in all of us. Christ is all, and he lives in all of us. So why would we sacrifice all of Christ for that little sin that we enjoy? That sin that divides, that corrodes, that corrupts, that wears and breaks that relationship? Why would we live in guilt and shame, the lies that Satan tells us and the lies that we tell each other and sometimes a sense of false humility when Jesus says, I love you and I am with you and I am in you and you are hidden with me and and my Father God. This is a hope that we have. This is a story that we get to tell. This is putting on the new self, renewing our mind, transforming our lives, because Jesus has come to change us, that our identity would not be as the world sees us, views us, but would be as God sees us, that he looked to us as orphans and said, you are now my children. You are not my enemies. You are not my slaves. You are not those that do my bidding because I am God and you are peons on this earth, but You are my chosen people that I love. Join me, and I will tell you what I'm doing, because I am doing a new thing. I'm doing the Father's business. I'm seeking and saving the lost. You be discipled, make disciples, and reach those with the love that I have given to you. So know his love, and know that Christ is all, and he is in all. Jesus, we thank you for this simple but profound message that the things that we have known ourselves by, that others have called us, that we've engaged in the sins of the past, that you have forgiven us, that we can receive your forgiveness. So, Jesus, please thank you for forgiving us our sins. And making us new, may we live as free men. As those who have our hope hidden with you. In your Father, our Heavenly Father. We say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit HopeForVermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.